I'm Ava Laura. And I'm Jessica. And this is Black Leave America podcast, where we highlight holistic wellness, travel, mental health, and self-care through traveling outside of America to reconnect and rediscover who you are. It's time for us to leave any condition that disrupts our peace. Black Women Leave America opens your eyes and explores new ways of living, but more importantly, new ways of being. Because sometimes you have to leave in order to find yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time out to meet with us first and foremost. Let me just pull up. Where did you move to? Well, here's the thing. I'm not a nomad. I'm nomading. Yes. And with the hopes of finding somewhere, I feel like, yes, this is where I want to move. Got it. Yeah. So, Salida, tell us a little bit about leaving America. First of all, why did you want to leave? What kind of prompted this action to go, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to bounce out of here. What year was that? And then what? The first thought around this was summer 2020. And everybody remembers summer 2020. That was after the um, lynching, I will call it, of Freddie Gray. And just the whole, like, Black Lives Matter uprisings and all of that. And I just really was just like, the pandemic was already going on. I was in an organization that was remote. So I'd been home since, like, middle of March. And it's like... Starting to see, it was June, and I was starting to see like all these welcome stamp, welcome visas programs across the world. And I was like, that sounds about right. I was really kind of in this like, I was like, America's ghetto. (laughs) I need to move on. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, I love some things about America, but I just literally was just like, I don't understand why I feel such a huge attachment to a place that doesn't feel welcoming to me at this present moment. And so I just actually started looking into these visa programs and a lot of them were like one year, two year. And I wasn't really sure, like, do I want to give Barbados or anyone one year of money to be there for a year? Great. Mm-hmm. You can come and go. But I was like, I don't know if I like you like that yet. So, <laughs> you know, I, want, so I wanted to like date. We date and let us date. Yeah, like. I wanted to date around. <laughs> I want to kind of Tinder swipe some countries, you know. <laughs> and so that's what started my journey. And I actually opened it up to some friends. And there were some people who were like, yes, let's do this. And then, of course, they had to ask employers. And in the end, it ended up being like only one other friend who was like, got the green light from the employer. Like, you can be wherever you want to be. And I got that green light. So January, like December, January is when I really started packing up my condo to like head out. And so the first country I we left for was in February 2021 to Guyana, South America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. How long were you in Guyana and what was that experience like for you? So Guyana, I had the great pleasure of traveling with someone who was from Guyana. She was mm-hmm. born in Guyana, but had been raised here in the DMV area. So uh, we were there for four and a half months. I was there. She was there about five months. And it was wonderful. I, I like the, the thing was, I was like, I want to go where black and brown people are. That mm-hmm. was my thing. I was like, I want to be in the global South. And so I was only interested in countries that were in the global South. So when she was like, yes, I, I was planning on going to Guyana with, you know, because she's from there. That was planned pre-pandemic. That was always intentional. Okay. And so I was like, sure, let's go there. And that felt easier because there's someone already 
that has connections on yes. the ground. Yeah. It would have been an easier soft landing, especially when you want to spend more time, like four months. So you want to spend mm-hmm. some time there. It, it, it felt easier to go somewhere where it wasn't so many unknowns. And so we picked Georgetown, Guyana, because that's where our family mm-hmm. lived. And it was just like, you you landed, I don't know, but like, you know, like there, to me, there's this global South look like where for some countries where it's like you get into like, it's a lot of lush greenness, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, you know, fruit plants and just like, there's this the different sound, the tree frog sound that you get mm-hmm. hearing. So it was just like, it reminded me, I'm originally from Sierra Leone. So it just felt like familiar energy. And some of even like the architecture, like the way this Georgetown even looked, whereas had some of that colonial British influence was like very similar to some of the colonial influence you see in like Freetown, Sierra Leone. So it was a, to me, it was like a wonderful kind of like respite from here mm-hmm. um, but and isn't Guyana still kind of like developing as well yes so they just found oil a few years ago which I learned coming into deciding like when we were deciding what country to go to so that was kind of also the appeal but it was like for a, a country that is growing and developing and so you could still have a relatively like modern access to the your creature comforts. Mm-hmm. We're very still wanting to have some creature comforts, <laughs> but a slower life. So it was just like mm-hmm. that was what was fun. It was like the happy middle of have that slower life. But if you still wanted to be like, look, I need some food. I don't have time to go out. They had their own version like a Uber Eats where you can order food oh, and get okay. it to, to your house. So I like that it allowed for you know to to slow down but not lose some of the things that you just get used to here. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What I love about how you're doing this, I think that's different because a lot of women that we're talking to have literally moved to another country. Like, they, you know, they've been there for a while and, and they might be going to different countries, but they're settled. I love that you said, no, I want to date different countries. Like, I want to try you out first and see what's going on. So tell us a little bit about that process. Like how, I know you said, black and brown places. Okay. This person, you know, they're from here. So, but how have you been deciding like where you're going and how long you're staying and and, and where else have you been? So how I've been deciding is really once I saw how it made it easier to have someone or to know at least one person on the ground, I've been kind of just like talking to people like, I want to go here do you know someone here? Or we, you know, last year was a lot of talking to my friend Nikosi about like, we want, where do we want to go and where do, where do we know people on the ground? Mm-hmm. Or even if we didn't know anyone, how easy would it be to just kind of settle or establish ourselves? So after Guyana, we went to Anguilla and actually that was where she had a, a cousin and some other family. She'd been there before years ago. So our plan was to actually be in Anguilla for three months, but it ended up being that we actually did Anguilla for one and a half months and then St. Martin for the other half. For anyone who's been to Anguilla, you got to get to, well, at that time you had to come through St. Martin to, they didn't have direct flights, but now they do through American Airlines. Oh, okay. Um, so you, you know, once we got there, we realized they had such a huge challenge with people coming because of COVID because they were relatively still closed. And so we were like, we had all these plans of people to come visit us, like they visit us in Guyana, but it was like, there were, I mean, even Nikosi barely got into the country. And so we were like, okay, 
let's go to St. Martin. So that actually became an unplanned kind mm-hmm. of place we stayed. And then for me, I've continued on and I've been to Senegal and Gambia. And in Senegal, I had a friend who had just moved there and, and it was just pretty much, I'd heard good things. I've been wanting to see if I could do, it's kind of like testing out how do I balance work when I'm the time changes. The time zones, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, let's try. And and I knew Wi-Fi would not be an issue. So I was like, well, let's try, you know, Senegal and then just visited, actually really just visited Gambia, didn't stay, you know, there for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's on my list. I got, I have to go there. Like that's, that is on the list for me. So yeah, yeah. So that's really what's shaped it out was who do I know on the ground? And then because I am nomading, how easy will it be for me to manage working and still kind of like getting you, you know, acclimated to that wherever I am, whatever city or country that I'm in, and get some time to really like spend some time there. Cause I, I'm someone who's like, I want to be able to, if I can go visit other places in the country, not just where I'm staying, you mm-hmm. know, like not just be in Dakar, for example. I wanted to visit other places. And so what was your process um, of actually going there? Like, do you need visas? What was the process of, you know, moving from, or, well, not technically moving, but yeah. nomading from yeah. the United States and around the world, really? So most of the countries, if you have a U.S. passport, you don't need visas because of that U.S. passport. So the biggest process has been figuring out at that time last year, what were their COVID protocols? And mm. so do I need to quarantine Quarantine for five days, 10 days, 14 days in some places? And so mm-hmm. it was kind of thinking like, well, if I'm going to go somewhere and I had to quarantine for 10 days and I need to be there for several months, I'm not going to quarantine for almost two weeks and only stay for three weeks. That wouldn't have made sense. And so that was my process really was, well, where can I, where can we go? And I will say we sometimes and I, because I've gone this by myself and then also with my friend where it it was like, where can we easily go without the visa issue? And then also where is it not a huge wahala for COVID? Like, cause you know, we just, I, I really didn't, I mean, we were, we came back from Guyana with the idea of Google, we're going to get vaccinated so that we could also, that opened up more where you could go. There were yeah. countries that were very much like, if you're not vaccinated, no, no, no thank you. <laughs> and so that was also a, a, a guiding factor for us. Yeah. And so as you kind of go back and forth between, you know, being a nomad and then also, because right now you're back in America, what are some reasons why you come back? Right. Um, Because I know we talk about leaving a lot, but there's also these, you know, connections and family and things that you have that are reasons why you come back. And so when you come back, what are some of the reasons why you come back? And then how do you navigate the two? Like, okay. (laughs) So the first time I came back was wanting to get vaccinated. Um, It's very hard to get the the Pfizer, the Moderna, those vaccines in, in some of the global South countries. So if you want us, if you want if you wanted the Russian or the, the Chinese, you get those. But if you wanted vaccination that was going to be accepted by all countries, in essence, it was easier to come back to America. So that was the a motivating factor for coming back when we did, because we were already planning Anguilla for like July. And so it's like, well, let's you, you knew you had this like two dosage thing and all that. And then the second reason was after spending that time in Guyana, I was very clear that I didn't actually want my condo anymore. So I came back to actually 
pack up my home and put it on the market. And I needed that downtime to, to do that. So I spent like, like six to seven weeks to just get it packed up. I'd already downsized a lot of things mm-hmm. when I did the first trip because I was already thinking like, no one's going to be in my house for four and a half months. Why do I need electricity running a certain kind of way? So like I was, I made sure like, okay, let's, um, let's, let's leave the refrigerator door open, unplug it. Let's like turn down, like literally there's only lighting available on in my home, but nothing, all the appliances were turned off. So I was already thinking about like, I think I went into the nomading with a level of like, I know I want to pick, I'm dating countries. Eventually I will need to release this condo. I didn't, but what I realized was that managing a condo, even from afar, even if parents are helping you out, it's a lot when you own property somewhere and it's like, oh, it's snowed and you know, it's snow. Somebody has to shovel that sidewalk. Yep. Who's going to, I mean, who's going to do it? You know, who's going to shovel like the garage, you know, like all these things, like you just, it starts, you start realizing that there's more to honing your home than just what you may think of day in, day out, you know? And so I came back to kind of release, well, not to kind of, to release. (laughs) (laughs) At any point, did you rent it out or think about renting it out? I, I think I never wanted to rent it out. I was like, I could do Airbnb, but I never, okay. I kind of never really was interested in like someone else would be there all the time. I really was like, I'm either going to sell, I'm going to do Airbnb, okay. but I'm not going to actually become like an ongoing landlord because I felt like that wouldn't, that would also still require a level of management or having like a property management company. And I was like, don't, don't really feel like that either. So, yeah. No, I I get it like that. I think, you know, you want to be free and then you still have this thing that's like anchoring you there. So you can't totally be free. (laughs) Yeah, it was very interesting because I think like I'd set it up so that my parents would come and check up on my place. But when your parents are getting older and they live in Virginia, I'm in Maryland. It's like, why am I asking you to drive 35, 45 minutes out of your way to come like make sure nothing's going on and and you know like there's no random package just been accidentally left outside or something like that even though you know you try to take care of all those things but things happen so it 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 felt like it was keeping me tethered in a way that was causing me like back of ground stress because whenever I heard it was snowing I'm like reaching up okay could someone go like I heard it snowed is Someone go check and see, you know, just, you, you, you just don't, you don't, you don't stop thinking about something you are connected to. What were some of the like mindsets and things that you had to adapt or was there any that you need to adapt in order for you to actually leave? Because that's a huge step to say, I'm going to go outside of the country. And I'm actually, like you said, dating (laughs) different countries. I feel like there may be some, I don't, well, I, I'm, I'm going to say the word fear just for a lack of better words, but I feel like there may have been some things that I would ex- I would yeah. <laughs> be feeling to leave. So were there some things that you had to overcome? I think the biggest thing I had to overcome was just I had gotten used to what community felt like here in the DMV area. And I'd been here at this at that time. I'd been 19 years. So it was like 
am I not going to be able to recreate community? Because you think once you've created it, like, that's it. Like, th these are my people. This is my tribe. There's no one else out here that can be part of my tribe. And you're like, I don't know why we think that. Because it's like, tribe is just people that you've had affinity to as you got to know them. So that was a big kind of like, which is I realized why the first time I did send it out to friends and with with each trip, I like, even when I first got to Anguilla, I got there before my friend got there. So I had two weeks mm. and I noticed like, I felt connected to the place and started to get to know people before she got there. So that realized that that, that was also a version of a safety net. And yeah. then um, I was able to continue to like, as long as I knew somewhere on the ground, even if I was the only person there, like I loosely knew them, I was like, I'm fine. And then even now, so Tanzania now is where I'm headed in October. It's really just like, it's just where somewhere I want to go. And it isn't about like, I know anyone there. It's just now I feel more comfortable. Like I can go anywhere. And now, although I actually, just funny enough, now had friends who were like, they're signing on because they're like, I want to go. But it wasn't because I'm like in this space of like, I need you because I need to feel someone is with me so I can have community. Is like, I can be kind of, I'm feeling more comfortable. Like I can build community anywhere. So I don't have fear around not having connections. You Because you get really, you do really always get used to kind of needing your tribe in one way. And then what this allowed me to do is say, I still get to experience what connection looks like when it shifts from, we get to get together for brunch, but mm -hmm. to like, all right, let's be intentional. Let's plan a Zoom call. Let's catch up a, a different kind of way. It just taught me to be more intentional, like how I spend time with people. And one of the, it, it actually made me value like, oh, this, this is something you can't take for granted. So, yeah, I love that because I think for people, you know, I'm always thinking about our viewers who are watching this and listening to this, who are like, you know, I want to do that. Right. So to know that, you know, like this is your experience and you get to create it however it's going to work best for you. And so for you, you wanted that safety net at first, you know, you wanted to kind of, you know, put your, put your, dip your toes in the water and expand. Now you're like, okay, I'm all had at this. I got this. You're like, you know, I don't, I don't need y'all no more. <laughs> like, I want you. Yeah. But I, I want you. you. I don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> and now I realize like I can go, there's someone that's going to be there for me wherever I go, you know, and it's, it's funny enough. I've been reading drawing a blank on uh, Jessica Nabongo's Catch Me If You Can. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, I get a lot of what she's saying in that. It's like, you can go anywhere and find people that are your people, you know, yeah. whether it's going to be the person at the front desk at the bungalow place that you choose to stay, or it's going to be the person who gives you a, your, a manicure or pedicure that you just, mm -hmm. you have to show up differently in how you befriend yeah. people. You have to become yeah. someone who's friendly in a very different way. You know what? And I think that happens when you are out of the country. It's like a really weird thing. You know, like when you're not at home, you, you kind of get stuck. Like I was just telling someone, I don't really know my neighbors and I don't like the ones that I know. It's really sad, but it's just true. But if I was like moved somewhere else, right? If I was out of the country, I would intentionally want to get to know them because I don't know nobody here. Yes. Like, so I have to be intentional yes. in showing up and really being nice and getting to know people because I have no one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely, I felt like I did that. And especially in, in like, that's what I've left each country with. Like, I now have names of people I can call. Like, 
when I, when I'm back, I'm like, hey, because I had to put myself out there and yeah. and not just like just be like a tourist. You you do have to show up different when you are moving somewhere, even if it's for a short time. Yeah. Yeah. What's the shortest amount of time that you've been a place, and what's the longest amount of time? The longest was the four and a half months, and the okay. shortest was about three and a half weeks, almost four. So a little bit under a month. So if somebody's saying, you know what, I want to do this, like, what do you think? Is there a sweet spot in how long you stay in a place and really kind of get to know it and discover it? Yeah, if you, it's the size of the country, like, and what you would want to explore. Like, I know, like, some places I don't necessarily need, I don't, I don't need to see everything they have to offer. I'm fine mm-hmm. with, like, give me an area and I'll so I'll explore the region. And I feel like you can do that in under a month. But if it is kind of like, and and also think about your work schedule too. Like yeah. if you know there's a lot going on at work and you it would benefit you to be stationary for, you know, and, and get through some things at work, then stay as long as needed. But for me, I felt like if it's about exploration, you can do that to me at three weeks minimum feels right where for you to get over whatever jet lag, but also to mm-hmm. explore and feel some I always, by three weeks, you feel like you get, I feel like I get a little bit of a sense of like, do I like at least the city that I'm in? Mm -hmm. And would I come back to that city? I may still have some questions about the entire country, but maybe that, that particular area or that city, I would, I would have gotten, I would have gone to enough restaurants. I've gone to enough places to be like, Mm -hmm. I like it here, you know, and I would have known where the grocery store is. Like you, the things that you need to get acclimated to you would get enough information about that like within three to four weeks can you uh share a story of where you've got of a place that you've gone to where you felt really comfortable and what kind of happened that made you feel that way sure strangely enough the first the place i felt really comfortable was dakar even with the language difference like i don't speak very, very poor French. And of course, then I don't speak Wolof. So it was the, what what it was, was the, the way that they welcome you. They have this thing called Taranga, which is like their welcome, like their own way of being welcoming. And so that felt immensely comfortable for me, just a place where people are more like, oh, the people recognize my last name, you know, which is important. Mm-hmm. Like, with like Kamar, oh, and everyone's like, oh, are you from Guinea? I'm like, well, no, I'm from Sierra Leone, but my father's from Guinea. So there, there's these things where there's an inquisitiveness around who you are and where are you from? And I could like, even like you, you go down to eat, like, like where I was, the bungalow village I was staying in was awesome because people are like, the people who came to like turn over the room or whatever would just be like, do you need anything else? I put some extra soaps for you. Like there's just a way of making you feel welcome. And I do personally think like for me, like some people have experiences where they feel like black people in other parts of the world don't necessarily resonate or vibe with um, African-Americans. Mm-hmm. I have not experienced that. I've actually felt like that was like, made you like a moth to a flame. Like people felt like a level of like, Ooh, they would hear your accent and they had more questions or they wanted to, you know, befriend you. So it's, it's kind of noticing like when someone is even like, 
asking you questions and taking a pause from whatever you're doing. So I hope that answers the question. But yeah, no, do you have a specific story of an experience? Sure. Like well, I think the, the the main story was like one of the, like I got connected to someone who's going to be like my unofficial tour guide while there. Mm-hmm. And just like, just the level of like, just seeing like, coming from wherever he came from to come meet me at one resort I was staying in and just like, just like the, okay, then he brought a driver. He had arranged for the driver to take me somewhere else that I was going to go. And it was just like seeing like where, when someone or when people feel like they're here to make themselves available or just like they have to kind of, maybe this is just a mental thing around. We welcome those that visit us and we're going to treat them a certain kind of way. And so that, it, that then is like, well, where do you want to eat? And, you know, and, and, and not, and that was before I even came on ground. It's just like, there's a wow. level of like, so they're preparing for you. I'm preparing for you. And um, we don't get that in America. Like, wow. no, I don't think I've ever, I felt more hosted in outside of America. Like people truly are host, even if you are an absolute stranger. Yeah. Even like another person I got connected to, he can't, he, he took a taxi. He doesn't even drive. And he came to wow. just like, see me at a hotel and just say, yeah, I know you're a friend of so-and-so. So I just wanted to at least come and greet you in that. we That was it. It wasn't like, there's no expectation. <laughs> it was just like, it's so different. It was very different. I'm going to show up for you. Yeah. It was just like, I know you're here. Yes, you are. Your friend is here, but she's working. So, hey, what are you doing today? Okay, well, I'm just going to come by. And, you know, that's it you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know what? And that resonates with so many of the other stories that we've heard from other women that we've talked to and my own personal stories of traveling outside of the U.S. And it's so interesting. The woman that I just spoke to, I mean, she literally just said that she was just like, they appreciate black girl magic, you know? And she was like, we get celebrated here for who we are, where, you know, in the U.S., we're, we're not celebrated. We just, we just here. <laughs> we just here trying to make it and you you leave and you go somewhere else and they actually like we're happy you're here we want to yeah. be around you yeah. you know we appreciate you I was like that alone I'm ready to you know pack my bag and go <laughs> I know it kind of it kind of gives me like a like what yeah, <laughs> yeah you almost have to be like it almost feels extra to you you're like what what, what do you really want what do you, right. Right. Like, you know Hey, yeah, so-and-so connected, said that you were going to be in country. So, hey, I'm reaching out. Wow, you could tell me, it made me think about, like, how do I welcome and host people? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. if someone says my cousin or so-and-so is coming to visit, do I, I think I may wait for them to reach out to me. Like, well, when they're here, uh, if they want to do something, I don't, I would never say, well, let me just reach out to them. Like, hey, would you want to do anything? What do you want to do? Let me, do you have some ideas? Just like a, even now in Tanzania, this uh, I've met a woman who has family in Arusha. Not in, we're going to Dar es Salaam. The woman has reached out, like, "What are y'all thinking about doing? Maybe I'll be able to make some connections on the ground." And I heard you want to go to Zanzibar. I know some people. Like, she doesn't have to read. Like, she took the information. She took my number from the person I know, her the mutual person, and reached out to me on her own. I didn't have to be like, "So, someone's gave, so gave me." She, I was just like, "Who?" Who is this? <laughs> yeah. And you I already got cousins, aunties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think that's the, the Americanism in us, right? If that's a word, like if it's not, I just created it. It's the American <laughs> in, in us to always be on guard, to yeah, always yeah. be like, mm, mm. Yeah. Or, or like you said, if it's the opposite way around, it's like, oh no, I might be bothering them or I don't want to, you know, instead of it being like, no, I, I really just want to reach my hand out. You know, I see this a lot in marketing, like, you feel like you can't talk to somebody on the internet. They're a human being too. They have a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a person. Yeah. Talk to them. Yeah. I had to realize I had my own trust issues. Like, I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> like nothing. But the other thing I think is that freedom to just reach out. Cause that's not really our culture. It's just not yeah. like, unless you want something, yeah. I'm not going to reach out. So just yeah. to reach out to actually take care of somebody else and not want anything, yeah. that that's that is not American. Like what? <laughs> it's not our culture. It's not. It's not. And it made me reflect a lot on that. And also the other thing was to see how what that looks like when you truly are reaching out when it's mm-hmm. like no agenda. So it's not it's not even cuz it's like, oh, I'm just being this is part of my being a citizen of the world. Like for them, it's like, oh, for you, people visiting your country isn't just like some tour company's business or some hotel's person. It's like we're all part of welcoming people to our country. Well, I don't think I've ever really felt that here. It's like I know yeah. lots of people are tourists. I see them in yeah. DC. You see them right. everywhere. You don't pay no attention to them. You pay no attention to them. <laughs> no, they are not special. They're not, not special. Not here. We might yeah. hear all the accents. I don't think I ever, oh, where are you from? I don't right. think I've ever asked anyone so that. Sad. And I got asked that everywhere. And I was like, that's so sad. We're so jaded. I know. I know. We, can you imagine being like, hey, welcome to Oakland? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm just not. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not going to be like, I, okay, I hear it sounds like you're speaking French. Are you from, where are you from? It's your first time this. I'm going to mind my business. <laughs> right, exactly. You just going to keep on going. And some yeah, people are going to be like, like I did not speak okay. in English. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, or like, I have a whole okay. attitude. We in America, yeah. why are you not speaking English? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. So do you yeah. find that you're building like more authentic relationships? I would say I'm building, no, I'm not necessarily more authentic, but I'm building what I think feels like less guarded relationships where so kind of being able to be more vulnerable more vulnerable and because i've had to learn to also in that be like oh people want to help you also have to get comfortable with asking mm. and accepting right and accepting yeah which when you That's like to word. do it for yourself and you know we have some of that in the black woman magic <laughs> it's one of the magic we may be be put on us is that this ability to do everything for yourself, which is yeah. not a requirement. You know, I was actually talking to a friend who she lived, she spent many years in Nigeria. She's just coming back. And she's just like, and she was just literally saying she has to move, but she knows here she has to ask for help for moving. When she moved from that, everyone, everyone knew they were moving. People were like, oh, help, help. They just help. And so no one feels shame or like you can't do things because you're asking for help. Like it's not a reflection of your ability or capacity to take care of yourself. Like Note this. I just want to make this sure that this is recorded and we need to have a whole separate episode and podcast about that, that topic about help. Right. Because I've, I've moved several times and I've never had 
any of my family. And I think actually they feel offended when you even ask. Like, you're going to ask me to help you move? Oh, you In know. The middle but, of the week or the middle right? of the weekend? Right. <laughs> this is, on my Saturday off? Oh my. Right? It's like, wait a minute. What are we doing here? So there's a mindset that comes with that and a shift that needs to happen in our communities. So we definitely need to have an episode about that. You know, it's like what I'm hearing is that we just we just have a community twisted. You know what I mean? Like, like real community for us now does not really exist. And we don't even really even know like what that looks like. And I think for many of us, it's the missing link to our success that we don't even realize. Where is my clap? Again. <laughs> you can say that. As many times. Because, you know, like when you're being supported on that level, how can you not be successful? But when you literally have to try to do everything and you feel bad for asking for help or you feel like you asked for help and nobody's really going to help you, you know, you got all these obstacles to, to before you can ever even get to where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And you only okay. have so much energy. So... That we, limits we, we, successfulness too, I can imagine. Like you only 24 hours in your day and only but so much life you in your literal body. We gotta have you back again. So before we let you go, I do wanna oh. ask, what are some tips that you could give to us about if you know there's a viewer that's watching right now or listening? What tips would you give them about nomad life? What's what's some things that they should do? What should they research? If you could provide us with a couple of tips on that. I will definitely, some tips are connect yourself in terms of to like a lot of different communities online as possible, even if it's just one-sided, like an Instagram nomad group or something like that, where all you're seeing is where they're going. Just get the ideas flowing. And in particular, I recommend like Black travel groups. Just you can search Black travel groups on Facebook or wherever. Just a lot. Just just pick one. I'm part of so many, I can't even name them. I'm just I'm like, I'm just a part of that. Or you can join our Facebook group. We have yes, yes. join, plug, 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 Black Women Leave America. <laughs> <laughs> and also like the, the other tip is if you do see someone who's really active in these groups that are going places that you want to go, please don't hesitate to reach out. That is how I got connected to so many. I There was a woman in Rwanda who I was like, Rwanda goes to Tanzania. I reached out to her. I saw <laughs> some mutual friends. I saw she she's act, she's relatively active in this space. So I just said, hey, don't feel ashamed to just reach out to people who are doing what you want to do because that in hearing their stories and hearing what they navigated and just even hearing just like their excitement about like, they will champion you. They will champion you. So, and hey, if you want to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Facebook, all of it. All of it well, Facebook, um, not Facebook, Instagram. I'm really not on Facebook, but I am, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm in a travel group. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, actually, I'm not on Facebook, but I am on Instagram, which is, it's the Wida. But, you know, reach out to me. Like, I don't mind sharing. And, and and I think a lot of people are in that same space where they don't mind sharing. And I think that helps us kind of break through this, giving ourselves permission to ask. Eventually you may get to ask for help, but just asking, hey, how are you? Would you mind spending time talking to me? That 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 kind of thing, or telling me how you liked your experience here. 
that kind of thing. And then the last tip I would add is just, you know, stay on top of like, just like maybe some of the, like the financial things that are going on in different countries, you know, just, just be aware of what's going on wherever you're going. Be mindful of countries that maybe be going through like some kind of financial hardship, whether they're in recessions or just those type of things. And, and really think about, well, where do you want to, I think I'm also of an intention around like, I'm, I want to generate some good, you know, paying it forward in different kind of markets. And I think a lot of us, no knock to those who want to necessarily go to more developed countries mm-hmm. or, but I think sometimes they need the the tourism and be aware of like, Hey, they're trying to really grow and put their country yeah. or their city on the map. Yeah. Be, a, be the tourist who goes there and, and, and shouts them out or puts that on your Instagram so that, that their visibility can increase, you know, cause I think a lot of people just go to, not, I don't want to speak, but I think there's some countries that are just pushed out there. Yeah an assumption that this is where you must go while like for Guyana if it wasn't for being or being around a Guyanese it wouldn't have crossed my mind and I had a fabulous time there and they're not necessarily front of mind when you think about even a Caribbean country or South American countries just like that's not what we think of so just be aware of where they are. I, I enjoyed being in Guyana in a time when it's trying, it's growing. And it wants- Most people don't even know it's Guyana and not Ghana. Like they- I know. <laughs> <laughs> That too. I'm like, it's Guyana. It's Guyana and it is the Caribbean nation, but it happens to be in Latin America. All these things are true. <laughs> well, I was one of them. I'll correct, I'll correct myself from now on. <laughs> so- are you still dating or are you kind of twiddling down to kind of where you think you might want to settle? Well, I hadn't gone, the, I had not gone to the East coast of Africa. Like, so that okay. was like, I to, it was either Rwanda or Tanzania. So I'm going to Tanzania. So I feel like after that, I can, cause I, I had some affinity for some places again, just from like reading or researching mm-hmm. and just like, being in these groups where I saw a lot of people were able to go and settle. And I, I, I think my favorite place, again, is Senegal. I just, I think I probably need to brush up on my French to really feel comfortable there. Didn't <laughs> but, the same women, the book that you referenced, I can't think of her name. Didn't she say that? I thought she said Senegal was one of her favorite, but now she said the men. I, but she, the I men. she said yes, Senegal but, was one of her favorite yeah, places. She right about the men too. I was like, oh, wow. I, I've met some Beautiful yeah. Senegalese men. I've never even been to Senegal. They are literally beautiful. Yeah. I was yeah. like, even on the flight, I was like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they already think I'm African anyway, so yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. You are. You know, you already are. (laughs) Listen, another one for Senegal, okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's all I have in terms of tips. I think I gave at least three. So yeah. Any any final thoughts? Anything that you want to leave our, our listeners and our viewers with? Sure. I think, you know, especially if you're someone who, if you're trying to like move yourself to some next level in your life, whatever that is, I think traveling and traveling out of areas that you're comfortable with 
will help you kind of, it might be like a little, you know, catalytic energy to help you kind of get into that um, space. I also just want to, again, just champion women, Black women in particular, to just give themselves permission to go to spaces where you are, like Ava Laura was saying, are celebrated. And it's like, hey, I see you. <laughs> I want to spend time with you. I want to get to know you. Or I just want to be in your presence and support and help you. Um, give yourself permission to be places where you are loved or will feel loved. Mm -hmm. so. Yes, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sawita, for You're being welcome. here. This has been awesome. Thank you all for watching and listening to Black Women Leave America, where Black women have to leave in order to find ourselves. We'll see you next time. <laughs>